Hello, I'm Katie Piper, and welcome to my podcast, Katie Piper's Extraordinary People. Each episode, I'll meet an amazing person with an incredible story who faced adversity and came through the other side to inspire others. More than 20 years ago, the juice master Jason Vale was a junk food addict, a heavy smoker and a prolific drinker. He had a chronic skin disease and severe asthma. Transforming his diet turned his life around and he now devotes his time to helping others do the same. Jason Vale has sold over 6 million books, 1.5 million apps and produced a groundbreaking health documentary, Super Juice Me, The Big Juice Experiment. He's just launched his own podcast and he is with me today in the studio all the way from Spain. Well, that's some intro, Katie. <laughs> thank you. I'm, I'm very humbled by that. But thank you. I'm, uh, well, know you know I love you. I've got so much time for you. You've done so many amazing things um, for people that have been struggling um, and you continue to share your advice and your knowledge in quite a critical uh, pessimistic, harsh world. And you're somebody online who's always, I don't know, you always cheer me up. I love your outlook on life. Thank you. I really appreciate that. See, people don't know, not everyone knows your backstory. People see you, you look really healthy and you talk about health, but you were, what, you were obese? Yeah, I was very, I was incredibly overweight and I'm only a short person as well. So <laughs> me too. I, 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 used to, I used to say, I, I wasn't overweight, I just wasn't long enough. That's right. all it was. If you stretched me out, I would have been okay. Um, but I was I was very overweight. I was covered from head to foot in psoriasis. I mean, literally, I couldn't even turn my neck without my skin cracking. Why, was, why, what, what was your lifestyle like then? Why were you overweight? Well, it was, it was the usual, you know, it was the usual kind of, junk food, although my mum was really into health food. I mean, in the 1970s, she was going along the Wharf Road in South East London, which, which was nearby where we lived, uh, hunting out. Uh, there was a health food shop called Baldwin, and people would literally queue around uh, the block to drink a drink called sarsaparilla, which everybody thought was, I don't know, had hidden properties at the time. It was like the juice of the time. Uh, it turned out it was awful for you, um, but, but, nobody, <laughs> but nobody knew at that time. But my mum was even searching for wholemeal bread. So it wasn't down to my... A lot of people say it's the parents' fault, the parents' fault. My I was really into health. It's just that I rebelled. Mm -hmm. I thought, I don't like broccoli. I think it sucks. Whereas what I was going towards was things like slush puppies. I used to love a slush puppy. Brain freeze. (laughs) (laughs) So anything that wasn't uh, green or natural, I just genuinely hated it. So before you knew where you were, I was was gaining a lot of weight. But I was also badly asthmatic too. So the thing was, I was taking the Ventolin pump 14, 16 times every day. And and also I was a smoker. So a lot of people would say, well, I literally had cigarettes in one pocket. And I would have my Ventolin inhaler in the other pocket. And the challenge I have with this is that when people say, oh, well, that's just stupid. It is. But what people don't understand is that when we talk about addiction, which is what cigarettes are and food, in fact, or or the wrong kinds of food, is that it transcends logic and intelligence. It's self-sabotage as well, don't you think? Well, I don't even think it's that. I genuinely don't. I think you can analyse something till the cows come home. And I think it's very straightforward. The need for nicotine is only caused by nicotine. The need for heroin is only caused by heroin. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it is, for me, that straightforward. I mean, when I was a kid growing up, I didn't say, I've had a bad day at school, Mom, I need a fag. That's not... You know, yeah. That isn't what happened. I first started smoking because I saw John Travolta. We always start something because either one of our peer group that we look up to, mm-hmm. whether it's close by or whether 
whether it's on the screen, that we emulate and we follow. It's very rarely because we want to actually, oh, well, that's it. I've had it. If I were to really self-sabotage, I would have been on heroin. That's so true. Yeah, because when I used to smoke, I was really young. I was school age. And I just thought, that looks forbidden. I'll do it. And and it's so it's like going into a room. Diction's really where it's like you choose to go into a room, mm. but if the door slams shuts behind you, you don't choose to stay in there. And addiction is like that. It, mm-hmm. It's an invisible prison, I call it. And mm. so you have the state the obvious brigade that that lit- all they do is say like if somebody's listening now and they're a smoker and 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 somebody comes up to them the obvious brigade and they say oh do you know it's costs a fortune and you could get cancer? Do you think any smoker is going to stop halfway through that cigarette and say <laughs> sorry what it does what it causes? I had absolutely no idea. I think I'll just stop. It's lunacy. And the same with somebody who's overweight. Like I was overweight, badly asthmatic. And like I said, I was I was covered head to foot in psoriasis. I was severe hay fever. Were and you I, depressed mentally? No, I mean, listen, if you're pickled in the body, you're going to be pickled in the brain to some extent. And I know that's not sometimes politically correct to say so, but you can't, everything passes through your head office. Everything does. Mm-hmm. So therefore, I mean, you, you've only got to look at somebody who's been on a bender the night before. Mm-hmm. And then you say, well, how compass mentis are you the next morning? So this is an obvious thing that you can see somebody who's massively hungover from alcohol mm-hmm. will be snappier, they'll be rattier, uh, they will not be themselves, anxious. they can't concentrate, they'll be anxious. Yeah. So is it possible to a, to a lesser extent if somebody's suffering from a food hangover? Like we don't call it a food hangover, no one does that. That is a real thing though, don't you think? Of course it is. When I, in the, my binge time is in the evening on the sofa and if I really binge on chocolate and crisps the next day, I'm so depressed. It's a food hangover. When we're doing it, we know why we shouldn't do it, but we don't know why we do do it. And the challenge is, is that people then analyse why they do it. So they'll start going, oh, well, this happened to me when I was three or this. No, no, no. I'll tell you the reason why you're doing it. You're doing it because you perceive there's a pleasure or crutch in doing it. That's all it is. And you are emotionally attached to it like a bad relationship. And like any bad relationship, that you can be being mentally and physically abused. The problem is fear keeps you trapped essentially uh-huh. so you're fearful to stay in the relationship but you're more fearful to get out that's such a good analogy it's so true so isn't it's a it? catch-22 you've told us about your background so what was this turning point for you when you'd kind of had enough well there wasn't one in particular it was smoking that was get, getting me down more than anything else I used to bang my head on the pillow praying that I'd wake up and be free I mean I really did I, I, I hated it yeah. even though I was smoking 40 60 a day I mean I, really? I, I that's a lot I know I now cut down I only smoke after making love so I'm still on, <laughs> so I'm still on teller day come on the old ones are the best that's Bob Monkhouse come on don't mess around with that joke no obviously obviously <laughs> oh, mine's just birthdays then no, joking <laughs> so it was smoking that, that did it for me and when when I realised, and it was illustrated to me, that the need for a cigarette is only caused by a cigarette. In other words, the pleasure that you feel that you're getting from a cigarette is actually just the ending of the aggravation caused mm-hmm. by the previous one. Then I realised I wasn't giving anything up. And that's the key, is that I realised I was just getting rid. Right. So if you believe you're making a sacrifice... Then it's so much harder, isn't it? Well, it is if you're a strong-willed person. It's harder if you're strong-willed. Yeah. Strong-willed people don't like being told what to do. Are you strong-willed? Would you class yourself? I, I, I would say... it. I. I think it's irrelevant when it comes to addiction. I right. think it's irrelevant. The point is, if you if you remove the desire for something, then it doesn't matter if you're strong-willed or weak-willed. Every day we wake up, it's a choice. You know, you're walking down London the, uh, this morning when I was walking down, and it was a beautiful day, but people need to tell their face. Um, because, because, <laughs> yeah, that's well, so miserable. Well, he li- you live in Spain, so you're, you're well, here kind in London. Of, I'm, in between, I'm in between Spain, <coughs> Portugal, and, he- and, and, and England, so yeah. I live in three places, uh, effectively. But we only live where we're at anyway. I mean, if I go on holiday to America for two weeks, I say I'm living in America because mm-hmm. I am at that point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for those, for those two weeks, that's how it works. Um, 
but I wouldn't say I'm strong, strong-willed or weak-willed or anything else. It's just like you said, you just we all go through different emotions all mm-hmm. the time, and, we, and none of us are perfect. People think I live on nothing but juice all the time. People think I eat nothing but you know fruit and veg all the time, and that's not the case. I mean, what that, is your diet then? I was a vegan for seven years. Were you? I didn't know that about I was you. Vegan for seven years. I was. I mean, bear in mind, I I used to just smoke, drink. I mean, all kinds of rubbish for years and years and years. And so when I changed, I changed quite considerably. In mm-hmm. fact, well, the first thing I did was drink nothing but carrot juice for three months. Are you kidding me? No. Did, I, when did you poo? Any, <laughs> what I would, that's not the usual. That's a, that's a very important that's a, that's fact. A, well, it is a very important fact. Um, must have just been like a carrot. I can't, I can't recall. I did go orange, though. Did I you did really? Orange, yeah, I went is re- that a real thing, then? I went, well, with that amount of, uh, I mean, it was a huge amount. I was on eight, ten pints of carrot juice a day. You must have looked like Donald Trump. Anybody, anybody <laughs> just without the white hair. Um, anybody listening that thinks that's a good idea, let me tell you now, it isn't. It's really not a good idea. Disclaimer. I was, I was de- no, I was desperate. You listen. You don't live on nothing but carrot juice for three months. It's insane. Um, I just didn't know enough about nutrition at the time, and I right. just dived into it. Um, so I went from the sublime to the ridiculous, and then I then started to experiment. and realised I need things because I did it to clear my psoriasis. I thought mm-hmm. let's just get rid. But of course, I needed essential fatty acids. I needed zinc. I needed selenium. I needed all kinds of stuff that I never knew about, and I started to read. I never read a book at school. I left school at fifteen. Um, there was only me and my mom. No brothers. No sisters. No father nor anything else we lived in North Peckham Estate so I had oh, to wow, leave I didn't know that either so I had okay. to leave school at 15 because my mum went she had the sister size of an orange on one of her ovaries and she mm. went into King's College Hospital and they took out the wrong ovary oh, and so goodness. the challenge was there and, and I'm not blaming them at all I mean it's just a bad day at the office I feel sorry for I mean like you get something wrong as a mechanic yeah, but you get something wrong there they didn't intentionally do it. Mm-hmm. Not in a million years would they have Listen, intentionally Listen, things do it. happen, you know. Yeah, That's what I'm saying. So human. At the time, we were angry, obviously, as you mm-hmm. can imagine. You don't look subjectively. But then my mum's in bed for two years. I'm 15. I have to leave school and go and work in a, weirdly, a butcher shop. Oh, my God, really? You couldn't you, make you, it you, up. You couldn't make you? that up, could you? So, so I went into that. And so you didn't have a male role model growing up? No, not at all, no. So I, I, I got on to other male role models, such as David Becker, which I think is just the best role model on planet Earth. But that's right. just a personal view. Um, and people like Anthony Robbins, which some people don't like, but I, 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 I like you know, him. He, he, he was one of my great mentors, and then yeah. and Richard Branson, and, and and a few others. You know, these 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 were male role models. But I was brought up around nothing but women. That's why I don't think I've got any testosterone in my body at all. <laughs> and that's why I think I'm very good at ironing. Don't say that. You'll go mad. People go mad. Don't go mad. What are you saying, Jason? You're saying that's all we do? No, I'm not saying that's all you do. But jokes aside, you had reasons to go the wrong way in life if you didn't have guidance or you didn't have. Yeah, but we all have. My mum was fantastic. My mum was my mother and my father. So look, mm. the thing is, is that people get onto excuses all the time, and that's all they are. Like you can find anything. You find the rich kid that will always say, "Oh, but the reason why I did that is because I didn't have enough love." And then right. you get the poor person, "Oh, it's because I didn't have enough money." And the, there are no reasons to to go. Like you can say, "Oh, counsellors." I was grew up in a council estate in Peckham, and this, that, and the other. And these are all it's quite edgy now. It's quite expensive. Well, I heard that. Yeah, I heard. So, so, so they say. Um, but the thing is, is that you can always take a, 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 a wrong path or a right path. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what kind of upbringing you have the key behind it is, is what you is what you ultimately do with it now mm. i think having psoriasis having asthma having everything else i wouldn't change it for the world now i mean without that then i wouldn't be in the position that i'm in now where i mean i'm saying i'm helping but i'm not helping anybody they're helping well, themselves you are. No, but i do, you do are disagree with that. i think there's you a catalyst me. I think it's a catalyst. I think what happens is is that I say, oh, Katie, here's nature, nature, here's Katie, hope you guys get on. Mm. There's nothing I do. Clearly, there's nothing I do. I mean, there's zero I do. But if I can persuade somebody in some way or change their mindset so they're not an addictive or 
destructive relationship with bad food, if that's the key, and then that releases them in order for them to be happy about mm. eating and drinking the right things most of the time. And to revert back, I know we've gone on a big loop because you said, what was it that did it? You know, I didn't know you was a vegan for seven years. And it was, a. I, I tell you, when I was a vegan for seven years, I was really happy. I mean, genuinely right. fine. But I don't do willpower. So there I am seven years in, I'm at an airport mm-hmm. and before Pret-a-Manger <laughs> and, uh, and there was nothing to eat. And I just thought, oh, I want a cheese sandwich, man. And I remember looking, thought, I want a cheese sandwich. And you craved it. And you know what I did? I, looked, I thought, and I honestly thought this, I thought, I can't have a cheese sandwich now because I wrote that stupid frigging book. Right. Oh. <laughs> so you've got this noose around your neck. So you've well, got this platform by then, and you, everyone knows who you are. Well, kind of. Do you I, get recognised quite a lot here and there? But they don't. I mean, every the now, name is very recognisable. The name is recognisable, yeah. which is a perfect balance, which is yeah. what I much prefer. Yeah. I don't know how people like Jamie Oliver and everything cope with that. I just have no idea. I mean, Jesus, I mean, wherever you go, you'd be recognised. It'd be a frigging nightmare. Mm. So the point is, I'm way more flexible now. So I was very strict for a while, mm. and now I'm into what I call low HI living, which is low human interventions. So how much does a human interfere with my food? I don't care if you're vegetarian, vegan, or anything else. It's just you, there's a balance to be had for sure, mm-hmm. providing the vast majority of what you consume is what I call live food. Right. That's what I would say. Yeah. And then you allow for the chocolate and the... And do you the, drink alcohol? And the human... Do you know, I didn't for... I mean, how long? I mean, I wrote a book on alcohol 20 years ago and I didn't drink anything for like 15 years or whatever mm-hmm. the case was. And then I, I had some champagne at a wedding and every now and then I'll... I'll I love some champagne or a little bit of wine, but very it's not its not huge in my life at all. Okay. We're having big conversations at the moment around meat and, again, going back to cancer and red meat being so linked to bowel cancer. What's your opinion on meat and is it in your day-to-day diet? It isn't, right. in answer to your question. However, I'm, I've changed my stance on meat and I think uh-huh. any any intelligent person go isn't rigid and shouldn't be rigid. So 20 years ago, I put a chapter in the first book that I wrote on meat, called a meaty problem, right? Okay. And and all the love re- your subtitles and, and, and all the reasons um, behind it. My views have changed over those years. I still believe that that any highly processed meats, I still feel, are, are incredibly harmful. But I know. Of, so these are your sausages, your burgers. Yeah, yeah. Mystery. Yeah. I call them mystery food. Right. It's just what's in them is a mystery, yeah. right? But I'm talking about, you know, grass-fed beef or whatever. The I know some vegetarians that are so unhealthy. And I know some vegetarians that are very healthy. I know some meat eaters that are very healthy and very unhealthy. I know some vegetarians that hasn't seen a vegetable for 20 years. I don't know why they call themselves vegetarians. Mm-hmm. They are what I call starcharians. They eat nothing but bread, pasta, rice. rice. Yeah. They haven't seen any vegetables. And there's many meat eaters that have seen way more vegetables than a so-called vegetarian. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about having this balance in the middle where you just go low human intervention. So if you're going to eat meat, how much has a human interfered with it? Low HI, low human intervention. That's what you're looking for. If you get an apple from a tree, that's no HI food. Mm-hmm. So do you, I mean, obviously you say you eat solids, but do you have a juice every day in your yeah, in the, yeah. Mor- in the morning, wake up, ginger shot, green juice, boom. Get, I love your ginger shot. Get the, so get, get the day off as you mean to carry on because anything can go wrong throughout the day. I'm human mm-hmm. too. So I, I always wake up and exercise. I always water, exercise. That's mm-hmm. get your body moving first. What's your thing. exercise you do? It depends. I've just got back into running, weirdly, but I haven't run for a long time. But yeah. it's either spinning. I like to have several things in my armour. I get bored really quick. Because if people haven't met you, you're quite hyperactive. You're, you, you're not quiet. No, okay. 
when I came on the retreat, <laughs> yeah, okay. I was like, we're not eating. And he's on a trampoline with a headset in shorts, jumping up and down like a mad I do frog. like I do like trampoline. I do like trampolining, as in mini trampoline. Oh, it's so much fun. I, it's the first time I ever did it when I came to Juicy Oasis. And for anyone listening who doesn't know what we're talking about, it's a little trampette, isn't yes. it? Yeah. yeah. And we were just, that amazing view, some Portugal. Uh, and we were on juices, we were on solids, and we were all just jumping up and down. A little bit of Robbie Williams, yeah. boom. Yeah, that was go. It, yeah. There you go, you can't mess around. And I still haven't got bored of that now. So you an intermittent faster then? I didn't even know what that was for right. a few a little while ago. And, okay. says, and somebody else brought that up and says, you're intermittent faster. I went, am I? I suppose, <laughs> I suppose we all are. Uh, and we're all meant to be. So you don't eat till about 10am, that's your first... And even then it's a, it's a juice or smoothie. In fact, mm-hmm. I won't eat any what's deemed as solid food, I suppose, until at least one or two o'clock and even then not often but this is a personal thing I tend to be on liquid fuel throughout the day most of the time and then have a meal at night because you're so busy and that well I just don't get hungry it's different for everyone and I'm not saying that would suit everybody's lifestyle and yeah. whenever I teach somebody now to, to design their own plan mm. that's what I'm doing design your own plan based on these principles but mm-hmm. it's different for everyone some people need to eat when they wake up they just say I need this. This is what I need. I need Uh the fuel. I'm up at five. I'm this, that, and the other. Everyone's different. I find I've done it for so many years, just having a green juice in the morning, normally with some avocado because fat helps to regulate the appetite. So Uh that's why it's good to have that in there as well. Because some people, when they do slimming well, they're like, oh, I can't have an avocado, but I can have a finger of fudge. (laughs) But that is the thing. We're so confused. It's a bit like calories as well. I never count calories because you shouldn't because they're flawed. We all metabolize calories very differently. Uh Um, And to, to have the ratio 449 still all these years later and say, well, actually we're demonizing fat because every gram is nine calories. It's just like, who did these, these calculations? BMI, body mass index. You see somebody, you know, like Brad Pitt years ago, who was described as a beast on really? the, on the, on the body mass index. Cause it doesn't take into account muscle mass. Right. So it's ridiculous. So these measurements that we have need to be got rid of immediate calories need to be, we're slaves. It's even on menus now, even laws are coming in mm-hmm. where they're putting calories on and none of it is calculated properly either. There's such a margin of error. And people are being made to feel like failures or demonising things. And actually, I could put somebody on a diet, technically 5,000 calories a day, and they'll lose weight. Really? And somebody else on 5,000 calories a day and they'll gain weight. It depends on what the calories are, how you're metabolising them, level of exercise and all kinds of stuff. We can't... I never know. People say, oh, how, much, how many calories in your juice programme? I said, I couldn't give it doesn't yeah. matter we shouldn't need to know you don't see squirrels analysing their nuts do you that's a bad analogy isn't it I've just realised <laughs> that that's, that's not a good analogy that was quite kinky that, that's not but, but you don't see squirrels going I wonder how many essential fatty acids are in here I went, we are the only creatures on earth mm-hmm. that have dietitians, nutritionists schools studying and we're the sickest I think you know yeah. it's just that you don't do what you know because of addiction I'm not picking on them and they're, no, they're no. real but it's addiction I want to talk to you about your critics because you are misunderstood by some people. No, because it annoys me, your critics. But before before we get on to the, okay. the negative, as I would like to call it, I first of all want to give you a chance to kind of tell me what your mission statement is, what you set out to do, because, you, you know, you do really help lots of people. So I want you to kind of give me your elevator pitch before we talk about it. Okay, well, critics. the mission statement years ago was to juice the world. Uh-huh. That was the, And that was at a time when in the UK, 0.2% of the population had a juice extractor and of those the large majority had a citrus press right so my aim was to try and bluff my way into a juice company which i did with moon x and say i want my book free of charge and i I didn't get money the point was is is that put my book free of charge Mm -hmm. with the juicer 
so that I could get the message out. Because what I hated was these kind of machines were getting purchased. Mm -hmm. Ideal home exhibition when people had a few drinks. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> were on QVC and they said, did I order that last week? I can't remember. I must have been drunk at 2am. And then and then they would literally be in their cupboard. Mm -hmm. and Come you, out at Christmas to maybe make that's some what random things. That's what it yeah. is. So if you, but if you show your juice extractor uh, the cupboard, it will never see daylight again. Mm -hmm. So my aim was, how do you get people to use these machines mm -hmm. not just not just purchase them they're pointless they're, but they're a catalyst to better health most people own a blender and they do now Nutribullet came out it's a blender I mean they said it wasn't but it's a blender it's not a juicer it's a blender but it's yeah. a good blender but it's a blender so you need a juicer and, and, and a blender so I set out to educate people if you can't eat it, can you drink it? Because I dealt with a guy that was 32 stone once. Well, I've dealt with quite a few, but he had every possible lifestyle ailment and disease that you can imagine. And I laid out all the fruits and veg that he would be consuming in juice or smoothie form over 28 days. And he asked the question that most people ask. In fact, one of the person that was with him, I think it was his wife that said, oh, well, well why doesn't he just eat it? I said, well, that's a very good question. Yeah. I said, and I said, I don't know why he doesn't, but he clearly frigging doesn't, does he? <laughs> right? So I feel like you should be a stand-up comedian. Like, like, look at him. He doesn't, does he? Right. So therefore, we need to find another route in. And, and, and do, do you think it's overwhelming for some people to see all that? You know, I can't physically consume this as solids, and actually a juice makes it more doable. Of course it does. And who's going to munch their way through 16 different portions of fruit and veg a day? It's going to be quite difficult to do so for most people. And also this taste factor. I, mm -hmm. I have juicing every day because I still hate vegetables. If we were ever out for dinner, Katie, really, it you? would shock you. You'd go, oh, I bet he orders the vegetables. I'll never order vegetables. I freaking hate them, right? That's surprising. So, so, no, I, hate, I love salads, Yeah, but I can't snap. I mean, if you have a choice in life between having some broccoli and not having broccoli, I'd still say don't have the broccoli. <laughs> but, but, you know, it's a medicine, fair enough, but I'd rather have it in its raw form instead of cooked in a juice form or, or blended in. And the same with juicing. Why are people still craving sugar three days into a juice fast? People say, well, it's not a fast, Jason. It's not a cleanse or whatever terminology. People just get caught up on anything. But you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, three days into a juice cleanse or a juice diet, they're still craving sugar. Why? Because it's different kind of sugar. If, if, if all these were full of sugar, if it was only sugar, then in the first day you wouldn't have any sugar cravings. But yeah. you still do because it takes 72 hours like to get the caffeine out, to get the refined sugars out, to get all the cravings out. That's why you get a, a juice high on day four, essentially. You may have heard of the podcast Juicy Scoop. Wondered what it is? Why aren't you listening? Well, I'm its host. Created it, been doing it for seven years. I'm Heather McDonald of Juicy Scoop with Heather McDonald. Now, I could tell you why you should be listening to my show, but my listeners wanted to write the ad for me, and here are some of the things they said. Not your regular Juicy podcast. Catch up on all the juicy topics from Hollywood and pop culture to true crime and beyond. Heather McDonald's Juicy Scoop always has great guests, great laughs, and great gossip. It's a comedian's take on the hottest headlines. Juicy Scoop is the pop culture news you want to hear. No BS, no filter, no filler. Raw, real, and in the moment. Throw in the hilarity of amazing comedians that you'll instantly be obsessed with, a juicy crime story, and a dash of normal life in L.A. moments, and you've got yourself an amazing week of Juicy Scoop. Two episodes every week, every Tuesday and Thursday. It will never let you down. Mm, yeah, that's true. But you know, sugar, sugar is like if I'm depressed, my friend might bring me cake yeah. or give me a piece of chocolate. If I celebrate something, they'll give me sugar, you know. Yeah. Well, alcohol too, actually. But it hits yeah. your bliss point, you see. That's what they call the bliss point. And the mm -hmm. scientists that have effectively 
uh, got refined fats on sugar that hits the bliss point, very similar to cocaine or something mm. like that. And so that's why people think it's it's very difficult to kick. Well, it's actually easy, but you you just need the right psychology. And that that's a breakdown. I mean, that takes more than five minutes, but it's just a, a breakdown. And even then, it doesn't matter how long you've been free. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. If you then have a little bit of something, then it's a case of of just trying to manage it to some extent. The challenge yeah. is this isn't habit, this is addiction. So I'll come back to that. So when I stopped smoking, I stopped that day and I knew I was free that day. I didn't have to wait because otherwise all you're doing is waiting to see whether or not you fail. So that's why it doesn't matter if it's 21 days. ridiculous. You wrote a book about quitting smoking, didn't no, you? No, I didn't. Right. I did an app. It's free. Stop smoking oh, really? in two hours. Yeah, well, my right. mother unfortunately passed away of lung cancer. So the... I, I thought there's no way on earth we're making money. Uh, people think because it's free, there must be in-app purchases, there must be... Genuinely, there's nothing else. It mm. is only there to try and help somebody stop smoking. It's called Stop Smoking in Two Hours. Um, and it's free. It's just... It's, 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 You're it's so not... passionate about your message. It just comes out of you, doesn't it? It's like, it's not a job, actually. In the beginning, I, I, I called it your business, but it's just you and your way of living and you kind of feel so excited to share it with well, the world. Well, you said, what's the, what's the mission? The mission is to... Is to enable people as much as they can to have to have a, a a more fruitful if you will life every day people say well i live longer if i live on a, no you can get run over by a bus next week but my argument is this wouldn't it wouldn't don't you want your life to be nice before the bus comes along that's the point mm-hmm. the point is wealth is today mm-hmm. so that's what it is if there's a guy that comes on our retreat and he's genuinely over 500 pounds in weight he i think he owns monaco I mean, he's so wealthy, but he is... The, he is Love that. <laughs> I think he does. I mean, but he is, the, he is the poorest billionaire that I've ever met because he can't run. Look, for me, wealth is this. If you, if you can run along a beach, jump on a surfboard, mm-hmm. or whatever the case is. I mean, I've literally just turned 50. I genuinely feel... I can't believe that, by the way. You look so I, oh, young. No, I, I had yeah. a tough paper round. No, I feel, <laughs> and I smoked way too much marijuana so when I was young. So, I mean, I, I had, I had a, I'm sure I more than look my age. The point is this. It's not a, a case of even we're all fighting to look different it's a case of are you relatively happy in your own skin mm. and and relatively because all of us have hang-ups to some extent it's a hard pla- it's a hard place to be to achieve of to be happy in your own skin of course it is no matter what your diet is or who you are or what you've got of that's a tough ask for yeah some, because know. most people look at other people and say well what, what are they complaining about mm-hmm. the key thing is though if you have the energy like I've just had a little boy right and I thought oh, I didn't want to be an old father essentially I didn't want to let the little fella down I just my biggest thing is I don't want to let the little fella down it's my only thing is that's why I thought if I don't have a child I can't let him down <laughs> and it's just like I just don't, yeah. I just don't want to let him down little JJ and why just, did you think you'd let him down what was that, what I didn't, was that fear I did, because about? it's a it's a big it's a big ask also when my mum passed I thought I don't want to do that to anybody because you're, you when somebody like if you're that close me and my mum were beyond close she's my best friend on planet earth mm. and if that person then goes for whatever reason is that your your world goes from colour to black and white and it never goes to colour again. I don't care what anybody says. It when did never your mum pass? How long ago? Over 10 years ago, but it was like yesterday morning. But yeah. it's just that the point is, is that is that you, you it's never the same. You, you mm. only really do things to make your mum proud, don't you? Or your dad proud. That's the, what, what, what else is that? What's the point of doing anything and else? And you were successful before she passed. She got to see all this, did she? Yeah, but she would deem success as, as literally that you you treat people as you want to be treated. Mm. Her success isn't anything else. Her Listen, I could have been, and I was, I was a paint and decorate I worked in a tyre shop down in Brixton I did I mean I did every job mm. there was and she would still deem that a success because how I treated other people how I treated myself 
everything up. This this was her. Her message was clear. So I thought... What did she think of the juice? Because, you know, like, older generation might be like, what are you doing of all those drinks? No, no, like, my mum was just like... Yeah, my mum was just whatever I did. <laughs> did she get it, though? Yeah, she was yeah. really into health. She loved the juice oh, okay. and she loved yeah, everything else. So she was she was really uh, uh, supportive of, of all of it. And couldn't believe, you know, when we... You know, I mean, unfortunately, like Juicy Oasis, although she stood there, and that's the reason why I bought it. She stood there when I when I was, uh, I said, "Shall I buy it?" And she said, well, "It's too late for me, but you need to build this as a healing for other people." And oh, wow. and I said, "But mom, don't do this to me because I haven't got the money to build it." People have, mm-hmm. make stuff up about what they think you've got and stuff. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I said, "This is going to cost crazy money." I said, "I can't afford it." She goes. Well, you have to, and you're not allowed to sell it to Marriott. You're not allowed to sell it to anybody. <laughs> she said, "This has to be a place where people can heal and have fun at the same time." Mm-hmm. And she goes, "That's my that's my last dying wish." I went, "Oh, you little git!" I said, "That means I've got. To, <laughs> that means I've got to do it." So, are I you d- quite a spiritual person, Jason? No, I wouldn't yeah. sound spiritual at all. I no. mean, that's why I think it's one of those when people say, "You know, oh, I'm sure she's looking down," and I'd love to. I wish I believed that. I really wish I did, but I don't. You and don't. It's, and it's and it's weird not believing that. So, it's what just, do you believe in then? I I, I don't. I think I do. I just think I just think it's a ninety-year holiday. That's all it is. The first five years were dribbling. The last five years were dribbling. It's a ninety. But you had this journey of kind of suffering and problems in the beginning that drove you to the path you're on now, and you're hugely successful now. So, do you not believe in any kind of rhyme or reason behind this? What's your kind of theory? I don't know. I it's it's one of those. And to revert, uh, just quickly, just close that loop because the reason why I didn't necessarily want a child this late was because if I have the relationship with my son that that my mum had with me, mm. then I know, I mean, just being realistic, I mean, how long does a human live? Well... I know that at some point he'll go... But then I was people argued against that, obviously, and said, don't be so stupid, because you can die any time. That's a ridiculous argument. Yeah. And I thought, well, fair enough. And he is as cute as a frigging button. To say I've seen him on Instagram. He's, He's gorgeous. He's as yeah. cute as a button. He wasn't for the first, anyway, six months. Right? People people always said, oh, he's cute though. No, I went, no, go live with him. He's got colic and acid reflux. But he juices as well, doesn't he? I've no, seen well, him. I mean, we, we listen, babies should, should have diluted juices. They shouldn't have juice. They've got the best juice on planet Earth, which is mother's milk. Nothing can emulate that yeah. um, at all. So when I get on my juice box about the NHS, which is a project for next year. So you are working with the NHS? Is that no, right? not working right. with the NHS. I'm, well, I, I'm I would like to think I'm working on behalf of the NHS mm-hmm. in the sense that they are a phenomenal organisation, which we all play a part in. But as population has grown, as everything, it's there's no it's a, it's a separate government issue. It shouldn't, in fact, actually, it should be ring fenced. In mm-hmm. fact, the go it should be a ring fenced thing where the government there's no individual government. It should be cross party mm-hmm. without every single time because that's the that's the hot potato. Everybody everybody blames previous governments. Not enough investment. You can invest everything this country ever had, and the NHS still wouldn't work. Yeah. Because when I say didn't work, it does work. But once it, if you removed a lot of the bureaucracy, if you removed a lot of the some of the stuff that people are having uh, on the NHS, I mean, even I, I would argue about weight loss surgery for a lot of people that is unnecessary, or people just revert back, and it's and and these are ten thousand pounds a time, right? But I think people would argue weight loss surgery prevents further medical procedures. And... Not in every case, no, it doesn't. If they looked at all of the stats, I would argue again in the long term. I would, and we haven't got time to get into it now, but I will tell you now that mm. is not the case for the vast majority of them that have it. And also, I know people that have a gastric uh, uh, lap band for argument's sake, and all they do is they get. 
uh, chocolate bars and everything else, and they put them in a blender. Yeah, because the mindset hasn't changed. Because the mindset yeah. hasn't changed, so they just yeah. blend them up. And and then you've got the same group of people that say, oh, well, it's dangerous if they go on juice. Seriously, you're just about to cut half their frigging stomach out, and mm-hmm. yet you're telling me that green juice is dangerous? Well, this leads me on to the critics. So the, most you, you unfairly get criticised for things, blamed for things. And most recently, I saw the worst headline. I think it was the Daily Mail. And it was, uh, juicing gives you cancer. Nice. And it was huge. And I was just like, why are they doing this? Why are they saying this? And then obviously underneath in small print is actually the detail. And and even the article didn't actually say that. It was just the headline, I think. Uh, well, by that rationale, I should have been dead uh, many years ago. Again, it's clickbait. And it's not just the Daily Mail. People often pick on the Daily Mail, which is fair enough. But it's the Associated Press, the AP. And what they will do, and, and different newspapers report it differently. And of course, the Daily Fail um, has a record of doing that scaremongering, clickbait stuff. But even mm-hmm. the study itself uh, that came out with some of those and they said but further studies need to be shown and you're like well hang on a second first of all you know they reckon they kept an eye on a hundred thousand people over five years now if you if anybody listening has got three kids you can't Mm -hmm. keep an eye on those for five years right (laughs) how can you genuinely keep a genuine scientific study and monitor monitor a hundred thousand you can't it's a lie Mm -hmm. and i get intelligent people coming to me, they oh, can you imagine, so my Twitter lights up and saying, oh, have you seen the news? Should I stop juicing? And it's like, can you not think for yourself? Seriously, <laughs> do you honestly think this is the case? Of all the things you could look at in your life to stop doing, uh, possibly some Do you other know what <laughs> always makes me laugh as well? The people coming on the retreat or anything else and you see them on, on you talk about the critiques and, they, and, and they'll be on Facebook saying to people that say, oh, I'm, I'm going on Jason Vell's retreat. And then they go, oh my God. And they go, you're going to live on nothing but juice for seven days and do exercise. Oh, that's dangerous. And they say, have you contacted your doctor? Now, this is the thing that I find astonishing because if I say to people or anybody else says, I'm off to Vegas, yeah. I'm off to Ibiza, <laughs> I'm going to get on one for a whole Take week. cocaine and beer. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to get, get off my nut. Not one person says, have you checked with your doctor? It's bad. But if you, the minute you have a green juice, have you checked with your doctor? Yeah. But first of all, do, a doctor's not a dietitian anyway, so why would you check with your doctor? I mean, no offence to doctors at all. I mean, they're the geniuses. But but why would you check with the doctor? It's, not, it's the wrong profession. So <laughs> when I went I went to your retreat and uh, people said to me, oh, you're thin, why are you going? It's so oh. dangerous. I thought, well, yeah, um, you know, I, I try to sort of, you know, exercise, eat balanced. I do, I don't always eat well. I, I try my best. And when I I came, I did a seven day juice cleanse of exercise, relaxation. I read books, I made friends. And when I came back, the following day from coming back, I had an appointment with my eye specialist because, you know, I have lost my vision in both eyes and have it back slightly in the right, but it's completely gone the left. My eye test was the best it had ever been in eight years after wow. that week. I never actually knew that. This is the first yeah. time hearing this. I had improved um, my stem cells in my left eye. had wow. multiplied. Really? Yeah, I could see um, lower down in the eye chart than I've ever seen since I've been blinded. Wow. Um, so for me, it wasn't actually about weight loss. But yeah, I had abs because I didn't have excess wow. you know, fat on my stomach. My skin was really good where my scarring's normally quite tight and dry. I was a bit more hydrated. I was energetic. And it didn't cause me eating disorders. I didn't live off juice when I came back. I just decided, we were at the airport and my husband was like, there's McDonald's. And I was like, are you serious? He's like, yeah, Rich is like, I could have a McDonald's. I was like, I don't eat, do you know what? I don't even want one. And I had, I think I had had meat, I had a chicken salad. And and that's that's what juicing encouraged me to do was just to be mindful, make good choices. And it just helped me. But do you know what I like about you? When I see you on Twitter and people are trying to get a rise out of you and they're criticising you and they're blaming you for deaths or whatever it is they're kind of throwing at you is you just invite them to the retreat 
You say, just come and stay. Just come. Just come. I don't want to shout at you on Twitter. Just come along and, and see Just try yourself. it on for size. And do people the... take you up on it? Do you Sometimes critique... they do. There was some woman in particular who wanted her money back because the, the, one of my first books was called Seven Pounds, Seven Days. That was the publisher. I really didn't want it to be called that. We well, had a lot that's, of... that's quite a famous one, though, that yeah, first one, Yeah, it is, but it? we had a lot of arguments about it. But anyway, but it came out. I, I, listen, I was uh, okay with it at the time because when it came out, it knocked the Da Vinci Code off number one. So I was like, yes, actually. I've got to say, it's my <laughs> so, favourite book that so, you've written. Um, because it's got stage two and stage three, the title gives the impression it's just a diet book. But there was a woman who, who said they, she genuinely got in contact with she said, I want my money back because I, I only lost the pound. And I said, your money back from the book? I went, are you kidding me? So she went, no. And I said, well, how? I said, you might not have needed to lose weight. How, how you know, heavy are you? Yeah. And I think she was 19 stone. So I emailed, we was on email, and I just said, oh, well, you're lying. Now, most people wouldn't say that, right? So most people would tippy-toe. I said, you're lying. She went, how dare you? I said, you're lying. There's no way you did the plan. And 19 stone and you lost the pound. I said, because I can crap more than that. I said, you're not. I said, there's no way that has happened. You're very un-British. So, because you, you, but, but seriously, saying saying the truth and talking the truth is not in British culture. So I invited her on the retreat. Right. And, and I said, I'll tell you what I'll do. If you don't drop at least seven, even though that's not what it's about. We talked about it's not, it shouldn't be about weight loss, but it just... I was going to say, I didn't it's, even it's weigh of, myself. No, exactly. It's one of those things. But for her in particular, because that's the subject we were talking about. Yeah. So, and that's what she was interested in. So I said, if you don't lose at least seven pounds in the time that you're up there, I said, I'm paying for your flights and your holiday. I said, so that's it. I'll pay for it. Yeah. So she turns up and, and I went through her bags. I thought, I'm not having this. She had crisps. She had things she had vodka she had all kinds of stuff on her oh wow so i took sounds like vegas so i I took them (laughs) off her and at the end of the week she had lost 11 pounds in seven days and she went and she i remember this she went oh this is kind of weird it's worked this time i said yeah do you know why she goes why i said because you actually did it yeah that's why that's why why it worked i mean that's the thing most people are very economical with the truth sometimes Mm -hmm. they like to blame everybody else not everybody loses seven pounds seven days nor should they because a healthy body is never overweight or underweight so therefore if you're a decent weight even though you want to be instagram ready your body doesn't want you to be instagram ready your body doesn't even know what instagram is your body has a healthy level of fat around it and it should do and that's the thing sometimes we're bombarded with these instagram images and some of these men or women who've got these abs and look really thin or whatever, they're not healthy. You know, yeah, they're I not just aspirational look, you know people. I look, though, I just look and I just think, I, I just think, w- w- how hard do you have to work every single day? And you'll miss, look, you don't want to spend your one and only life trying to extend your life only to realise you miss your life in the process. Great, so, yeah. If you've gone out in London for five nights on the trot and you've been on holiday or you're with friends and family, you're eating great food and you're doing this and all of that kind of stuff and you've gained a bit of weight, you haven't gained it cheaply. You've had a you've had great memories. You've had great memories and a great human time Mm -hmm. that you've had a trade-off, and all you do is clean up the next week. Yeah. That's what I love about juicing. I guarantee it's guaranteed. If uh, me and my Katie, if something's gone a little bit wrong for whatever reason, we've done Vegas or whatever the case (laughs) is, we come back, boom, seven days. We know we're only seven days away. Mm -hmm. We're not hoping. Yeah. We know. So you still have fun. You still do Vegas. Well, we say still. I went through a process of not. Obviously, I got very serious. I was wheat-free, dairy-free, sugar-free, (laughs) personality-free. I was friends-free. Trust me, what friends do you want to come around every time you pop around? Oh, where did the salad, where was the salad grown? (laughs) Or you see the quinoa get a few years ago. People say, I had king, I had quinoa today did you get so what yeah i like so what the most 
photographed image on the uh, on Instagram at the moment is an avocado. Oh it's God, not, is it still? Uh, wow. It's still, and that's because people don't want to take pictures when they're eating rubbish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's all it is. Yeah. It's like, here's my pretend life. I'm having an avocado. I know some people take pictures of a salad and they're eating Pringles. And it's and not their salad. <laughs> it's yeah. not even their salad or whatever the case <laughs> Katie's pointing at herself here. Everyone just <laughs> we're all guilty of that. I mean, it's just, it's a, it's a crazy world that we live in. So what's the future for you then? We've talked about your vision. You are very passionate. You know, you do genuinely care. What do you want for the world? What's your next kind of... Listen, the mission was always just to help one... My mum always said, if you could help one person, that'd be great. And and humbling, there has been thousands has, all, all, yeah. all over the world. I mean, your book... Well, I've got notes here. Jason has sold over 5 million books, 1 million apps. Wow. Yeah, well, it's 1.5 million apps now and it's 6 million books, but I don't want to split hairs. I don't want to do that. I mean, I bought them all. I mean, I just thought... Yeah. I <laughs> It's just got a massive warehouse. They're all in Spain. That's why you had to move. That's all it is. Um, But no, the movie is what I'm most proud of. The movie is free. That's why, I mean, it costs an enormous amount to film, but my mum would be incredibly proud. And that's pretty much still why I do what I do. But there's no question that film, I believe more than any of the books has helped more people. And I think Mm -hmm. a lot of people want visual. And it's on YouTube, it's on Amazon Prime, it's free. We're filming Superduce Me 2 next year. Oh, you are? Okay. Yeah, only be- so you're going to take more case studies? Well, we're going to take a lot more. This okay. Because I'm building a new retreat in the Algarve and, and, and at this point... So we've got Another four, retreat? Well, wow. it's 40 acres, two lakes. It's, oh. it's going to have food there as well. Imagine such a thing. Oh, only at goodness. night, only at night. A salad. Not McDonald's though. Right? No, no, yeah. <laughs> only a salad at night. But we're going to film Superduce Me 2 there and I want to expand it. I want to get type 2 diabetics, all kinds of stuff. And as an experiment, I don't know if it will help or not. The challenge was Superduce Me 1, the results were too good they really were we have two people with lupus and I and I thought there's no way they're going to get better but at least it will give balance to the documentary so when they did I was like oh come on no one's going to believe this now it looked like praise the juice it's a miracle yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I'm sceptical as well I'm thinking oh if I was watching this I'd think what's a load of but and you're not w- scared of risk no, oh, listen, I mean, look, we're all, listen, we're all food for worms. I mean, what the hell? I mean, like, I mean, what does it matter? Do you know what I mean? No, I, li- I like a bit of risk taking. Yeah. You know, why not? People that take care, well, where are they going? Well, that's the thing. I'm not scared of being uncomfortable because I, I don't want to be comfortable and never run into any kind of, you know, worry or hardship or, yeah. So if people do want to follow you and not criticise you, what's your social handles? Instagram is at... Jason Vale, is it? Yes. Oh, at you Jason have to Vale. Check that, at Jason Vale is Instagram. And if you want to get angry with me on Twitter, it's at Juice Master. So, but Instagram is really where I live. Right. So me if, too, I, if yeah. I'm on there, I'm on, I'm on Instagram most of the time. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I, you know, for me, I, I just love what you do and I'm a big, big believer in it. And, and anybody that helps other people, I just, we need more people like that in the world. So thanks for sharing your juicy wisdom on the podcast today. Thank you. Really appreciate you having me on. Thank you, Katie. Thanks for listening to Katie Piper's Extraordinary People. If you haven't already, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. If you enjoyed this, please help us spread the word. Rate and review the show where you got this or share on socials.